All right, we're going to get started. Start off with this, this thought today. As, as Christian men, now think about this, as Christian men, as, as men who desire to follow Jesus Christ, to, to live for him, what thing could you do, what thing could I do that would most impact my life, that would bring the, the greatest positive change to my life as a man? What thing could you do that would bring the greatest result, the greatest positive impact uh, in your life? Not that someone else would do for you, not that somebody could, could help you with, but what thing could you do that would make the greatest impact in your life as a man, as a man trying to follow Jesus Christ? As a man seeking to follow and to live as, as Jesus Christ would have us to live, uh, what thing could I bring into my home that would most radically change my home for the best? What thing could I bring into my home that would be the greatest blessing for my wife, the greatest blessing for my kids uh, that would impact them in a positive manner? Uh, we talk about God bless my home and God be at the center of my home. Uh, what thing could you bring into your home that would make the greatest impact in your, in your kid's life and, and in your wife's life and in your home uh, as a follower of Jesus Christ? As men seeking to live as followers of Jesus Christ, what thing must be present in my church, uh, in our churches, uh, for God to be able to use our church, for God to be able to work in our church, uh, that he would be glorified in the life of our church? What thing must be present in your church? So much so uh, that I'll just go ahead and tell you today, if this thing is not present, if this thing is missing in your church, I'll just tell you very plainly, you need to find a new church. Uh, I'm, that, I'm that convinced of that. What thing, if it's not found in your church, uh, you don't need to ask anybody. You don't need to take a poll. You don't need to go home and talk about it with your wife. What thing, if it's not present in your church, I would tell you to go find another church. Uh, the answer to all these questions uh, is the same. What thing do I need in my life as a man that's trying to follow Jesus Christ? What thing can I bring into my home that will make the greatest impact in my home? And what thing must be present in our church, uh, for our church to be what God's ordained for our church to be? And the answer is the same for all three of those questions. The answer is this. It is a fierce commitment to the Word of God. It is a fierce commitment to the Word of God. And let me, let me try to explain that by talking about the flip side of that. Do you in, know in our lives as men comes undone, when our lives become chaotic, uh, when our lives become misdirected, and really when we, when we seem to mess up our life. Uh, it is when we try to operate out, outside of the guidelines of God's Word. Uh, you want to know when our homes become places of, of chaos and places of dysfunction, and, and honestly, when our homes just become messed up, and you look around today and we're surrounded by a whole lot of messed up homes, you want to know when our homes become messed up, it's when we operate outside of the plan and the direction of the Word of God. Um, I think about that today. Man, look at our homes today. Our homes as Christians look like the world's homes. How does that ever happen? And, and, and the truth is, we can't even say today without scorn, you know what? God has defined what a home is. He's defined what a marriage is. It's between one woman and one man, and it's a, a covenant relationship that's to honor Him, and it's supposed to last for a lifetime. You want to know why our homes are a mess today? It's because we're trying to operate outside of the direction of God's plan outlined in his word. 
You don't know why many churches today have a bunch of good programs and offer a bunch of good things and, and, and a bunch of them are doing a bunch of good deeds, but you never really see the transforming power of God at work in the lives of the membership of the church. Uh, I'll tell you the same thing. It's because our churches are not being led and not being instructed by the word of God. Truth of, of today is this. We must be fiercely committed to the word of God. My prayer for our men's lunch, and, and if somebody were to ask, you know what, what's, what's the men's lunch about? Why do we have the men's lunch? Why do we cook uh, all this steak and have all these folks here? What, what's the deal with the men's lunch? My, my prayer for the men's lunch is that we would become fiercely committed to the Word of God. And we'd say, you know what, you know how I'm going to talk and how I'm going to do business and how I'm going to live and how I'm going to treat my wife and how I'm going to raise my kids and what we're going to do in our church is going to be taught and trained to us, instructed from the Word of God. Today we have to be fiercely committed to the Word of God. Today we're going to continue our verse-by-verse study. Uh, we're looking at the book of 1 Peter. We're still going verse by verse. Uh, we're still in the first chapter. It may take us a while to cruise through uh, 1 Peter, but that's where we're going to start back today. We're in 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to look today at verses 22 through 25. I'm going to read those verses together, and then we'll come back and look at them. Again, 1 Peter chapter 1, today verses 22 through 25. It says this, Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls, for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. Two main truths that we can pull out of these verses today for us as Christians. Uh, two, two main truths that we're going to pull out of, of this set of verses today. And, and the first one is this. First, uh, we have to have a fervent love for one another. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says actually in that verse 22, it's to come from the heart. As Christians, we're to have a fervent love for one another. I'm going to read verse 22 again. Since you have an obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, talking about Christians, fervently love one another from the heart. Be sure today as Christians, our command, our instruction is to love one another. Our example in Jesus Christ as Christians is to love one another. In fact, the Bible tells us that we're going to be known because of our love for one another. We're going we're gonna to stand out from the rest of the world. We're going to be distinguished because of our love for, what, for one another. When the rest of the world is, is tearing each other down, and they're cutting each other's throats, you know what? The church is supposed to look different. They're going to say, these are followers of Jesus Christ, and it's evident because of their love for one another. That is the very plain teaching of Scripture. As Christians, let us have a fervent love for one another. Now, I think there's something for us to see here in the context of what's being written. Remember, Peter is writing this letter to people who are being persecuted because of their faith in Jesus Christ. The start of the chapter tells us they've been run out of their towns. Some of them have been run all the way out of their country. 
Uh, they've been disowned by their family members. They've been disowned by their friends. Some of them have been beaten for their faith in Christ. Some of them have been put into jail for their faith in Christ. Some of their friends and family members have even been killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. And I think we, we see here in context that it is to those people that he says, you know what, you need to have a fervent love for one another. Now let me say this. When we stand in opposition to the world, when the culture can't stand us, uh, when Satan can't stand our message and so therefore he can't stand us and he attacks us, when it is tough to be a follower of Jesus Christ, when you're no longer accepted and you're considered to be politically incorrect as a follower of Jesus Christ, when your forget friends begin to turn on you, when your family begins to desert you, there is no greater need than for Christians to love one another. And that's what he's saying there. You know what? The world's turned on you. You've been chased out of town. But as Christians, let us have a fervent love for one another. That was his day. I think that's our day as well. You know what? If you're going to fly the flag of the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you're going to say, I'm going to live according to his word, the world's going to have no use for you. Eventually, our government's going to have no use for you. A lot of people are going to turn against you. But we as the church, we need to love one another. That's the first thing we see in that set of verses. Second thing we see in this set of verses is how vital it is, how important it is for us as Christians to embrace and to stand on the Word of God. Just what I talked about, to be fiercely committed to the Word of God. See this today. How were they trained to love one another? Now, that's the example we see here. How were these folks trained, instructed, to love one another. Listen to verse 22 again. Since you have in obedience to the truth, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. Notice it says there how they came to the point that they could love each other as Christians was because they were obedient to the truth. You see, it's not a normal thing for people uh, to have that type of love. It's not an instinct that we have that we would say, you know what, I don't care about your past and the environment, and I don't care about this and that, but we're going to love one another. The reason that happens, what prompted the change, is they were obeying the word of truth. They were obeying the commands of God's word. How did they know how to do that? How were they instructed to do that? It's because they were obedient to the word of God. Listen to verse 23. For you have been born again... Not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. Verse 23 says, you know what? How they knew to love each other came from the word of God. Verse 23 even backs it up even further in fact, and says, in fact, you were saved. You were able to put your faith in the gospel that you knew and that you knew was true because it was revealed to you in the word of God. That's what Peter says. You know what? You're saved because the, the seed of the word of God grew and you're able to have a knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Peter says here the word of God is a seed that is imperishable. It means that it sprouts and, and, and growing forth from that seed is the knowledge that leads to our being saved. Peter goes on to describe the word of God and he says, you know what? It is living. 
And think about that for just a second. It is living. It's living today. It is relevant in all times. It still speaks to us in this time, even though this was written almost 2,000 years ago. It instructs us today. The Word of God is living. Then he says, the Word of God endures. That means it doesn't change. It doesn't just relate to that time that, that Peter was writing into, but we have the Word of God and it doesn't become outdated. It doesn't become obsolete. He says that it endures and it endures forever, even into our age. And then he says, that was the word that was preached to you. That's what verse 25 says. And so he says this, you know what? You were saved because you heard the truth of God's word. Then you were instructed how to live from the truth of God's word. And so he's calling for these folks here to fiercely commit to the living, enduring word of God. You know what? We can also learn something from the context here as well. Remember what is happening to these people. Everything has changed for these people. Everything is changing for these people. Their foundation is crumbling. Their friends have deserted them. Their own country hates them and is persecuting them. Uh, at one time, they may have thought, you know what? I've got a business and my business is going to be my hope. At one time, they may have thought, you know what, I've got a house somewhere and I'm, I've got security in my house. They may have said, you know what, I've got a farm and my, my hope is in my farm and whatever happens in town, I'll go out there and I'll be safe on my farm. Uh, and all of those things, even their safety had passed away. There was no guarantee of any of those things. And when everything seemed to be unsure, Man, I thought my job was going to last, and I thought my relationships were going to last, and I thought my parents would never disown me, and I thought, you know what, I had enough money saved up. When everything became unsure, Peter writes a letter, and he says, you know what? You can trust that God is still speaking, and you can trust that in his provision, he is still leading, and you can trust that in his grace, he is still saving through the living, enduring word of God. What does that mean for us? Sometimes you read that and think, well, I don't know what that means to me. I don't know. That sounds kind of, kind of religious or kind of outdated. I'm not sure if I can apply that today. What that means for us today is this. Look around. Watch the news. In 2017, more than ever, as the foundations that have, we've thought have stood forever, as those foundations begin to crumble, what it means is this. We have to stand and rely upon the word of God. We have to read it. We have to know it. We have to be directed by it. We have to be fiercely committed to the word of God. You know what? If your marriage is ever going to be the marriage that God intends it for it to be, if your home is ever to be that, if your life is ever to be what God intends for it, if our churches are ever to do what God calls for them to do, we have to turn back and say, you know what? The, the world may turn against us and the foundations may all crumble away, but we can trust on the living, enduring Word of God. The call is this for us today. You know what? I've, I've got a copy of God's Word, and I'm going to start to read it. And I may start to memorize it. I'm going to be where it's preached. And I'm going to come to a Bible study, and I'm going to hear it. But more than that, I'm going to take it in, and I'm going to start to live by it. And I'm going to let it shape the decisions that I make. And I'm going to be a person that will stand when everybody else sits down, that will go against a flow that's going one way and say, you know what? You know what directs me? God's own word revealed in our holy Bible. That's the generation we need to be. That's the type of men we need to be. Fiercely committed to the word of God.
Let me lead this in a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for you. We're thankful that you love us. We're thankful that it's not because we keep a set of rules. It's not because we impress you or impress other people. It's because we realize we needed a Savior and we put our faith in Jesus Christ. I come and I pray as we live in a time when that is viewed as ignorant and that is viewed as intolerant and the world wants no part of it. I pray that we would come together, that we would love one another, that we would encourage one another and that we would be directed and we would live according to the truth of God's word. I pray as men in this room that we would begin to read it. We would become to places where we could hear it. We would study it. We would know it and we would live it. It would be for your glory and your honor. I pray for each man represented here. Bless them, lead them, and encourage them. And I pray thanking you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen.